Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are lucky enough to have Pascal Brady back. Hello, Pascal. Hi. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Hearing you say that just makes me so giddy. I know, but I really, really love when you're on. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so Pascal is here to talk about power struggles between parents and nannies. So a few weeks ago, she was with us talking about power struggles with our nanny kids, and now she's here to talk about power struggles between parents and nannies. Um, And I really appreciate you coming back on to talk us through that. Sure. Uh, Before we get started, in case anyone hasn't heard uh, the growth mindset episode or the power struggles with kids episode. Uh, Can you give us a little bit about your background? Sure. So I'm Pascal Brady. I am the challenge coach, the challenge coach. So I'm a life and business coach and I help people transform their challenges into growth and success. And so I work with individuals on any uh, life or business challenges that they might have. And I work with businesses on team challenges and group challenges. Oh, that's, that's very, very important work. <laughs> <laughs> it's very humbling work. Yes. And I'm very blessed that I can do this. Yes, wonderful. Well, we are going to dive right in. So um, a contract between parents and nannies can go a long way to help make sure that everyone's on the same page as far as expectations. And we've had an episode about nanny contracts at least I'm pretty sure we have. If we haven't, we will. <laughs> um, but what can a nanny do when a nanny family starts expecting slightly more than they did at the beginning? <laughs> so we're assuming that there is a contract that's been negotiated, yes? Yes, because uh, most nannies that listen to this, I think, by now know the importance of a contract. So what I, when I thought about this, because you know, in the past when I've been talking with you, it was more about parenting. And, right. Uh, and that doesn't mean I can't uh, answer these questions because this is about human relationships and about communications. And I deal with this with my clients all the time. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to prepare for this. And, and uh, I was thinking about what, what do you do in a situation where there is issues between uh, nannies and their employers? And it's really about 
it, it's similar as um, to any relationship of an employee with any employer, except it's just a little bit more intimate in this case because right. you are, as an Annie, in uh, your employer's home and you are taking care of their most precious goods, which are their kids, right? So there's yes. like more at stake and it's probably, and, and, and the number of hours that you're in the house and you might be in the house together when the parents are around. So, and you get to get into the, the people's intimacy. So it's very different, in fact, than a regular workplace where you show up in an office. So that said, still, it's about communication. So assuming that you have had a contract that's been negotiated and discussed up front, so you have this as your, as your solid stake in the ground, um, <laughs> And I would say in the beginning, um, you know, I would I would definitely be open to um, giving good service and to be professional and to go above and beyond and to be kind and pleasant and wanting to do our best. Right. And right. Then if we start noticing. And I think that when you, you know that it's starting to just not be right, when you feel it's not right, very simply, you know, mm -hmm. when you kind of feeling you start feeling taken advantage of. And uh, what I would do in that case is I would say, um I would I would just say something uh, like I believe that we had um, that we had discussed this when we were negotiating the contract and I was only supposed to do X or um, I think that we had talked about the fact that uh, my leaving time is such and such or the number of hours that I'm supposed to be working any given day is such and such did I did we change something am I missing something um, uh, I I just thought that that was our understanding so just very. Uh, casually, very informally, not at all aggressively or whatever, just reminding that there was a contract, a discussion, and that you believe that, that those were the terms, right? Right, um, yeah. Any change, something changing that I need to be aware of, you know, asking that question, mm -hmm. not assuming anything, and then just kindly remi reminding. When And when you do that, you're kind of already setting a limit. This is all about setting limits, by the way, yes. what we're talking about. Yes. So this is really about setting your limit and just saying, you know, I'm, I'm aware I'm doing this as a favor today. It's kind of okay, but I just want to make sure that we know that we're kind of like out of the, the, the limits that we had set, right? right. Um, and um, if that doesn't work or falls, falls totally on flat ears and that continues to happen, then I would ask for a more formal meeting. So one thing that you never want to do is you never want to talk about an issue in the moment of the issue. So I don't, if people heard the, the discussion about the power struggle with kids, it's the same here. Anytime you're kind of in irritated or angry in the moment, this is not a good time to have an in-depth, uh, important conversation. So you always want to be calm when you want to have a difficult conversation, right? Yes. So you want to not, not do it in the moment where something is really up. In the moment, you would say either nothing or what I just suggested, or you would just take a deep breath, let it go, make a note, and then later, a little bit later, say, you know, I'd like, there's something important I'd like to talk to you. Could we make an appointment? Mm-hmm. Ask for an appointment, and uh, if people ask, uh, what is it that you want to talk about, then you say, I just have some concerns and questions about um, the, my contract or the work that I'm doing or any, anything that you want to put in there. Right. Um, have that appointment, and then during the appointment is when you would have the difficult conversation. I think you were going to ask me something. Oh, yes. Uh, I was going to say that that appointment aspect of it I think is key, If especially if the first more casual attempt uh, doesn't seem to land because mm -hmm. a lot of times when nannies and parents are together, the kids end up 
acting up <laughs> um more so that kind of witching hour of transition at the ends and beginnings of days and so to try to have any sort of conversation during that time is is probably not going to go well uh any serious conversation because the kids are going to be running in and out and it's just going to be chaos <laughs> or the end of the day everybody's tired you yes. know the parents might be tired if they've been gone and worked all day so this is definitely not <clears throat> not the best time for right. sure. You, you definitely want to do it at a time when you're not irritated and upset, when you're right. calm, but you also wanted to do to do it very, you're very right at a time where everybody's calm, including the person you're going to be talking to. Yes. And that the kids have something to do. So a lot of times uh, with families that I have nannied for, if we are trying to have a serious conversation... Uh, they will find an activity for the kids. So reading if they're of reading age or some TV time if they're uh, if that works for their family dynamic or playing outside with chalk in the backyard where we can see them, but we can have a little bit more privacy, things like that. Mm-hmm. Great, great ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that is that's really uh, helpful, I think. And, and also to keep in mind, um, that the family may be doing it unknowingly, that it, it, there might not be any malice behind them putting more on you. Uh, they might just have so many balls in the air that they didn't notice that suddenly you're doing their laundry too, because it happens to be down there. Um, exactly. Well, and that's why I said it's really good to first, mention it casually in passing and pointing it out because again like you just said it could very well be an accident you know right so that that pointing it out in passing might very well solve the problem if it wasn't done intentionally if it then continues it's either they don't do it intentionally but they really don't care (laughs) and they're not listening or um or they're they're, they are doing it intentionally and then you have to move to the next step right right and then one other thing uh, along with that is contracts uh, can and probably should be renegotiated every year. Mm-hmm. So uh, just keeping that in mind that if there is something that is has cropped up that maybe wasn't that big of a deal, but you would not like to do it again, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that that contract renegotiation can also help with that of saying, you know, I'm I'm uncomfortable with the amount of, of laundry that I'm doing now. I'm doing laundry all five days that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't work for me being able to take care of your kids in the best way or however mm-hmm. you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So, and that kind of goes along with the job creep question too of, of if things are starting to – uh, creep into your home life of, you know, you're getting texts after hours uh, about things that could be discussed while you're on the clock, <laughs> things like that. You can bring them up casually. And then if they don't, uh, if they don't seem to take it seriously, then ask for a more serious m- meeting. Is that 
Is that your suggestion there as well? Exactly. And so the one thing that we haven't talked about yet, we've talked about that's what you do. But then once you actually get to the meeting, how do you have the meeting? And yes. that's that's the whole thing. And actually, uh, we, you and I were talking earlier about a book. I just came up with an idea of a book called Difficult Conversations because that's about what I'm about to say. Oh, what's really hard in life is difficult conversation for anyone in any circumstance and in particular you know when it's an employee employer where your job's on the line right that's very right. very difficult so um so how do you have a, a difficult conversation so the bottom line of communication that is going to be uh, productive is a conversation that doesn't stop because you haven't said something that turns the other person off so mm -hmm. the way we usually speak is we Actually, let me rephrase this. The way we usually listen is in order to respond. We listen to respond. That's the natural human thing we do. So right. somebody's saying something to you and you're already programmed to just immediately start programming what your response is going to be. <laughs> so you, that's why we're not really good listeners, mm -hmm. um, naturally speaking, right? Because we are in this mode of how am I going to best respond to that? Well, guess what? If you're being aggressed, if you're being accused, the response that's coming up and that's preparing is a response of defensiveness. And that is really a wall. Right. That's kind of like shutting down the communication, right? So the thing that you don't want to... And when we say to somebody, you, as soon as we say the word you, we have started really an aggression. We have already started bringing up the defenses in the other person. Mm -hmm. Right. So what we want to do instead to keep the, the line of communication open and be sure that the other person really hears us is use what is called I phrases. I phrases is talking about ourselves and what's happening with us and how we feel about something, how it impacts us and what we would like, what, how we think about it and what we would like instead, what our preferences are. That's all we can do, really, is we can just yes. about we just talk about ourselves, say what we want, ask for what we want, and then hope for the best, right? right? But at least if we have done it that way, if we have asked in an I way where we're not shutting down the communication, we're not shutting down the ability of the other person to listen to us because we're not putting them in a defensive position, okay? Right. So the way that that would like, that the way that this would look like, for example, would be, say, let's, let's push it down a little bit further. So this is a family where this has been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. The nanny has tried to say the casual thing about the contract, has tried to push back a little, has already maybe had a kind of casual conversation at some point. And, and the person said, oh, the, the employer said, oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. That's, I remember now we said that. Um, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, <clears throat> I'm trying to be more careful. And then it continues as if that conversation never happened. Right. So, so then, the, the, the nanny could say, when we had this conversation about um, the laundry uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I told you that um, we had this agreement um, about me doing the laundry once a week, but not every day of the week, um, I thought we had come to an agreement. I thought you had heard what I had talked about, and I thought that I had heard you say you, uh, you were going to try not to do that anymore. And I really feel like uh, it actually, the situation hasn't changed at all in the last three weeks that we've talked about it. So I, I really feel um, kind of like not listened to, not heard. And I mm -hmm. feel, I have, I have to say, I really feel put upon, you know, I feel kind of taken advantage of and, um, and, and my need for having a trustworthy relationship and a respectful relationship where we hear each other and we actually respect the agreements that we have is not met. 
I'm wondering if, and then there's two possibilities from that, but I don't want to rush too, too fast. <laughs> so was that right. first part like clear? It's like really about saying uh, when something happens, I feel. So it's not when you, it's when something happens. Right. Then I feel. And then you really help the other person understand how that feels to them. And then you go one step further and you say, because my need for, because underneath the feeling, which is always just the tip of the iceberg, is my actual need that's not being met, which is the thing that's putting me in emotion. Right. And so we want to have the courage to say, when this happens, I feel, you know, disrespected, not listened to, um, uh, thwarted, uh, etc. Because my need for, you know, respect of agreements or being heard or uh, not being taken advantage of, etc., is not being met. Right. right. Yes. Yes. So that's how you say that, and then you say, and then you get to the next second part, which is part two, which is, I'm wondering, and you can do two things. You can always say, if you're really getting a sense that this person is really not listening to you. You can say, or, or rather, I should say, not hearing you. Mm -hmm. You say, "I'm wondering if you, if you'd mind just uh, telling me back what you think I just said." If okay. You, if, you just, if you can be just patient enough for one second, because I just want to make sure we really understand and hear each other. So this can only really be done in, in a good relationship where there's not too much, there's not too much hierarchy going on, where somebody, you know, the nanny is really strong. Uh -huh. in her personality and in her relationship that she can say, can you just like, because last time we had a little bit of a miscommunication on that. I just want to see if you, if, if, if I feel you really heard what I just said. Right. right. So you can do that. And that has the benefit of really clarifying, really making sure that the other person got you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that. And then you can go to part to the, the next phase, or you can go directly to the next phase, which is, I'm wondering if, and then you ask for what you'd like. I'm wondering if we could um, maybe rewrite that part of the agreement, put it in writing again, just so it's really completely clear. Right. Okay. Or uh, it could be a question. It could be, I'm wondering if we maybe need to change the agreement. And that would be that you asked me to do laundry five days a week, because I can tell this is really something you, you need me to do, obviously. But right. then I would need a little bit of a raise to be able to spend half an hour more, 15 minutes more every day uh, doing this. Or maybe you need to understand that during 15 minutes, I'll need to put the kids more in front of the TV or something like that. Yeah? Right. So then you, you, go with your, you go for your ask. Yes. And I, what I'm hearing you say in that ask is focusing on solving the problem, just like we did with the kids in power struggles is focusing exactly. on so solving hey, that problem. Give me five months. Good for you. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Um, yeah. So not just being like, you never listen to me and all this mm. stuff, but saying, mm. um, this is the problem that we need solved. Mm -hmm. Here are my suggestions for how we can solve it. What mm -hmm. do you think? Mm -hmm. um, and, and what do you think? Yes. But the, what do you think cannot lead to an answer? That's not going to be satisfactory. You know what I mean? Right. It needs to be something, an agreement that you guys negotiate. And, um, and then something else that I had uh, noted in preparation is, um, and this is, this is really hard here, what I'm about to say, but what we want to become courageous about, that's what they're called difficult conversations. What we want to become courageous about is to have to use power language. Mm -hmm. So do you know, let me, let me just project you in the world of a parent with a kid where the kid comes, calls home from um, school and says, mom, mom, I forgot my homework or I forgot my lunch Can you please bring it to me? And most parents would say, sorry, honey, I can't. Uh -huh. And they would say, I can't when sometimes they actually can, but they just don't want to do it. Right. And the, the answer in this case, especially if you've done the 
the, the PEP parent, the positive discipline parenting, and you've had your conversation ahead of time with your child, and you've explained that it was their responsibility that you were no longer doing that, so you've had a little bit of preparation in advance, that parent, instead of saying, I can't, should use power language and should say, honey, remember the conversation we, we had? I'm not willing to bring your lunch to school. Mm-hmm. So in this case, project that to what we're having, the conversation we're having now, if uh, uh, if a parent then say an employer just said in that conversation, that negotiation conversation, well, you know what? Sorry, but you know what? We hired you and there's a certain number of jobs that you could to get done. We, we didn't remember to put the laundry in this, in the contract and they'll roll their eyes, but it's just part of what the household requires. So I, I just need to add that to the load and I'm not paying you more. It's kind of part of the, you know, as a, as a mom, that's what I need to do. It's what we need to do. So I'm just putting it and just adding up. And then the nanny, hopefully, can can say, you know, I I hear you, I understand what you're saying, and this is not a conversation we had at the beginning. It was not part of the original agreement, and I am not willing under the current circumstances to do this. Yes, yes. I uh, remember at Nanny Palooza, there was a talk on boundaries, and she suggested, which is similar to what we're talking about here, is is that limit setting and boundaries. And she said, start including I'm not willing to do that in your vocabulary, and it will change your entire life. Um, and it is, it does, it is hard. It right? does require yes. a lot of guts because you are, again, you, your job's on the line, and, you know, who can afford to lose their job, you know, right. so that that's why know your relationship with your, hopefully you have a good relationship with your employer. Uh, hopefully this is not in the first week or, or second week of this. Right. Um, and, and so you, you, you want to make sure that you kind of navigate and don't jeopardize anything that would be crucial to you, obviously. Right. Right. And, um, at the same time though, you also don't want to let things, you talked earlier about the job creep, right? You don't want to allow that to happen. You want to really set your limits as firmly and kindly the same way we do with kids from the get go, because otherwise the creep happens. Yeah. So people will take advantage. Like you said, sometimes unwillingly, sometimes willingly, but in the only way to not get into a real bind is to really set the limit early on. I think. Yes, I, I completely agree. Um, and so for the next question, I have a feeling it's going to be similar, but um, parents that are constantly running late, uh, that I, I've seen on the Facebook groups ends up being a huge problem for nannies because unlike other jobs, you know, that five o'clock rolls around and you can just go home, <laughs> but when you are taking care of children, if there's no one there to take over care of the children, you, you cannot leave. Um, and sometimes I'm, I know for myself, I'm a tutor as well as a nanny. So I often have other jobs right after mine. Luckily my families are very, very good about being home on time, but, um, the parents that are consistently, 15, 20 minutes late, and then potentially like talking to you uh, as you're trying to walk out the door, even though they're already late. Uh, Do you have suggestions about that specific um, aspect? Yeah, you're making my job really easy. (laughs) Same as above. Right. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm joking. So yes, same as above, obviously, but let's, let's tweak it. A little. Let's like deepen it a little bit. Right. The first thing that comes to my mind is 
that might have been something that was kind of forgotten during the contract or that mm-hmm. was talked about, but that was not made a really big deal. So for those of you who are listening to this and who are maybe fairly young or new at this, right, mm-hmm. or, or have or new in the sense haven't done this kind of contract negotiation in that level of depth before, uh, next time you go negotiate a contract, and like Martha just said, you'd want to do that every year, make sure that when you talk about that particular point, since it seems to be a pain point, a really big pain point mm-hmm. uh, for you guys, to really insist on making sure that that is crystal clear. Right. When you have, because it's easier to, you know, it's easier to fix it, to, to preempt it than to fix it later. So saying about that, about, and, and if they're not, the parents are not talking about that or are not putting that in the agreement, make sure you have your own um, template of an agreement that includes that clause and that uh, make sure you add that clause. And if it's not in there to say, okay, I really want to talk about that because this is very known in the, you know, you just blame the profession, very known in the profession. I've done, I've gone to a a number of conferences. This is always a topic. And that is the end of the day, um, you know, uh, finishing time topic where, and so I understand that there can be the occasional exception, but in general, what is my end time? And I want to be very clear on the fact that I really must be able to leave at that time because I, make other arrangements. I have another job. I have kids of my own to go back to. Uh, I have um, responsibilities. You know, I, ha- I have a life. It's just, it's just sheer respect. It, it cannot, and you understand, of course, that I'm taking care of your children. So if, if you can't be home on time and that happens on a regular basis, it's kind of like basically being taken hostage, right? right. And just like, again, having the courage to say these things up front and saying, so this is really important to me that we have an agreement that you, um, that we have a clear end time and that one of you will be home at that time so that I can leave on time. And what that also means, by the way, you would also add in that same conversation, that just, that doesn't mean you walk in at that time because that's the time I will walk out. So if we need to have a conversation that would require you to be there, you know, 10, 10 minutes ahead or 15 minutes ahead of time so that we can actually, you know, uh, exchange about the day and, and, you know, um, what, what do you call that when you do a race passing the, the baton? The baton you know? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, so, um, that's the f- step one. Step one is like having this absolutely having had this difficult conversation actually ahead of time, because it is such a crucial and sensitive point. Right. Right. And now, to, to that point, some ideas that I have seen other nannies employ in their contracts is one that after 10 minutes, every minute costs an extra dollar and they write it in their contract. So they ha- they provide a 10 minute cushion for the parents. And then after that, every minute costs a dollar. That's um, what daycare, that's what daycares do. Exactly. And they say when they're negotiating their contracts, they say, this is what daycares do. And this is what I, I do as well because my time is really important and I make <coughs> plans after work. Uh, that depend on me getting out on time. Um, Another idea is that you write into the contract after 30 minutes where you can take the kids. If the parents are 30 minutes late, that they have a place that you can take and drop off the kids, Um, whether that's with a neighbor or with uh, grandparents or whatever. Um, And then that there's a fine attached to that as well. Um, a transportation fine. So those are a couple of ideas that other nannies have, have used in their contracts. 
I think that's brilliant. And I have no idea why I'm the one talking here when you have the good ideas. I think this is great. So yes, absolutely. That's perfect. And I just want to add something to that. I, ha I have an end to that, which is yes. if you're working with a really rich family, they're not, they can still impose on you. I mean, that would be, I mean, if you have nowhere to go and you, you're willing to live having an extra hour and an extra 60 bucks every day in your, or, or 50 bucks in that case with my accurate math right. in your pocket every night, then maybe fine, you know, but right. this is, again, it could be that you really actually do have a life and really do have a plan. And uh, imagine you as a tutor having these people waiting for you, you might be able to make the occasional exception where you have to cancel at the last minute, but that's not going to fly with the other parents of the other people that you're tutoring, right? So right. Um, it's, it's a good thing. And you could still run the risk. I would still make it very clear that this is really a, a remediation kind of thing or to make mm -hmm. sure that you you have a plan b as far as your monetary value for the for the time that you spend extra but you you want to make it clear that you still wouldn't want that to become a rule and then that w if that were ever to happen you'd have to go back to the <clears throat> negotiation table you know right. or discussion um and uh what else was there that i wanted to say about that no i i think you covered it that idea yeah. of having a plan oh oh and then Yes, the thing that I wanted to say is how do you say the when, then, I feel mm -hmm. kind of thing when that happens? Because this is very powerful. So when um, <clears throat> we've had this discussion about upfront about end time and et cetera, the contract about that, and I, I've told you how important it was to me to leave on time. And still on a very regular, two or three time on a regular basis, two or three times a week, one of you guys, you, you guys are late and then I cannot leave on time. I really feel taken advantage of. I feel mm -hmm. completely, utterly disrespected. And um, I understand that there might be some extenuating circumstances, but I'd rather have a very transparent and honest heart-to-heart -heart conversation about that because that really just feels totally rotten, I have to tell you. Mm -hmm. and, and and my need for the respect of my time and of me as a human being is just not there, you know? So do you hear my, my tone? Yes. And I'm not, it's not about like, I don't want to make you cry here. That's not the point, <laughs> but I really need to understand that this is not a joke. This is serious business here. We're talking about. Yes. Yes. Uh, I completely agree. And then was there a step two or is that the step two? No, that would be, that would be just the step one. So right. um, I'm willing to, I, I would, I would really like to hear what your, what your position is on that. Like what, what, anything what your thoughts are on this you know just this, so that i would open up to discussion I would kind of give them a chance to respond and to maybe quote unquote defend themselves explain or or the ability to start a negotiation or discussion around that and say um i'm wondering if you could help me fix this like right. how are we going to fix this because we had a conversation up front we i've put that thing in the contract and and you're respecting that so i'm grateful for that and you are definitely paying me for my overtime but it really doesn't solve the bottom line problem right right so what can we do about that i mean we need to talk about it mm -hmm. please please help me solve the problem so exactly like when you remember in the power struggle discussion with your kid trying to problem solve with them help me here please come to the cooperation negotiation table with me and, and help me out because i can't do this on my own right Right. And then hold on. And then hold on. One more thing. That's like after three months of having had this conversation recurrently, hopefully you wouldn't do it too many times because you would, you know, you would um, come to a conclusion without taking too long to come to a conclusion. But I would start looking for a job. Right. Right. 
I would really have to hard to make some hard decisions at some point about that. Yes. And that is also a potential uh, problem, a way to problem solve is some families that realize that they just are not able to get home at that time have a, a night nanny that comes in or an evening nanny that comes in and takes over. Um so if that's something that your family seems to need a lot, that they're consistently home late and you're not able to stay, that is something you could bring up is, can we bring someone else in? Um, I know. I have some people that I know that I yes. can recommend to you that are amazing. Right. Right. <laughs> Help your friends out. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yes, that is a potential way to solve it. Um if, if you need to be gone at a certain time. Um, great. Uh, what about parents that have different parenting philosophies than your nanny philosophy? Uh, for example, because we've talked about timeouts a lot on the podcast, uh, what if pa- the parents want you to do timeouts, but your nanny philosophy doesn't include timeouts? Right. So that is tricky. Um, there is multiple ways to answer that question or multiple layers or, or possible answers. Right. Um, one, again, it's a little bit like what we tell parents who come to parenting classes. Like, <laughs> It's a really good, it should actually be included in the, in the marriage contract, you know, yes. it's like in the marriage discussion. It would be really good when you, if, if you don't have that to do marriage counseling ahead of time where, and that would be a big topic would be, what is your parenting philosophy? Because you have no idea how many right. issues that creates in couples. Right. So again, at the, at the beginning, that would be part of maybe not the contract negotiation because that's not really not contract terms per se, but really having the discussions like, I would like to know what is, and if you're a good parent, family, parent, employment, employee, family of, of a nanny, I, I would have had that conversation with a nanny ahead of time. Like what is, you know, what is your, how do you raise kids? What, what is your philosophy? How do you usually do things, you know, and give some very specific situations and ask them how they would handle it. And then if, if as a parent, I saw that it was radically different, then I would take the matters in my own hand and say, you know, this is how we do it. I actually Wait, I had this case just not too long ago. Oh, I had somebody in my parenting classes, and that uh-huh. was a parenting a parent saying, "Our nanny doesn't do that." So we're coming here to these classes. We listen to this. We come home, and then she does something radically different. And I said, right. "Well, in this case, when you're the parent, you're the employer. So then you might need to, you know, you could train your nanny. You can, you can explain it to them. You can send them, etc., to classes. And if that that still doesn't happen, then you have to, t- you know, then you're the employer." As the nanny, um, you might want you want to make sure that you have this discussion up front. If this right. is something that is really important to you and you really have some opinions about how to do this stuff, then you absolutely want to make sure that you're on the same page. Say you forgot. You didn't do it. You hadn't <laughs> thought about it. You're, you have t- taken a class that you hadn't taken before and now suddenly you are, you ha- you've become enlightened. And you've changed right. your ways of doing things, right? So um, so then what I, what I thought was you'd bring your – you might want to bring attention to mm-hmm. your to your uh, employment family, you you could say if you've been to a class or you listen to a podcast or you've read a book that's totally been an aha moment for you, say talk to them about it. Say, oh my god, I just 
read this, I heard this, I went to this class and I just learned this stuff and it is life-changing. I am so enthusiastic about this. You have, I really want you to, to listen to this, right? Please, please, here's a flyer or I wrote a summary or um, here's the book or here's the flyer for the class. Uh, I found out about this like 15-minute podcast. Try to see if that doesn't interest you, right? Try to bring right. them on board, right? Yes. And if that, if that um, doesn't work... You could be with a family that is absolutely zero interest in any of this stuff. <laughs> right. So they're doing it their way, but they're absolutely not interested and not open to have the conversation. So then you could just do it your way and not worry about their way. Right. So again, another example from our from the parenting classes, we have a lot of parents that come and it's just one parent in the class. And they say, well, my other parent is at home, not interested in coming, and they're doing this the opposite way. How do we do this? Like now we're going to have two parents in the house doing things differently. So that would be the same thing. You'd have the parent family doing things a certain way and you, the nanny, doing things a different way. The answer is kids are super smart. Kids yes. know exactly who they're dealing with. They know who grandma is and what her style is. They know who, who daddy is and his style. They know who the teacher is at school. They know who the nanny is at home. And they know each grown-up style and they know exactly what they can and cannot do with each person grown right. up. Right, yeah. So, so that's, that's the thing. The thing is you can then, if the family doesn't care at all, you do it your own way. Right? right. And and you know that you're going to have an impact on the child because you're with them eight hours a day, which is more waking hours probably than the parents are with them. And mm -hmm. you're going to have an influence. And if you do it um, now, OK, I'm biased, but <laughs> if you do it the positive discipline way, if you do it the, the way that we teach in our classes, which is, you know, very respectful, listening to a child, asking, you know, democratic parenting, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are drawn to this type of, of uh, being raised right. because it is respectful, because it is kind and firm, because it whole, has a whole bunch of qualities that make kids feel really, really good. And so a lot of the time what happens is when one grown up um, raises the kids in this very respectful, democratic way, and somebody else does not, they go to the person that raises them the democratic way. Yes. And they start protesting the other way and start putting opposition to that way. So that's the other thing is like, if you feel you're doing it a way that is quote unquote, a better way, and then the family, then you can trust that eventually it's going to have an impact. So can I give you a personal example? Yes. So I took these parenting classes when I was super young mom, try to get my 20 year old, old, 20 year older husband to come. No success, no interest <laughs> whatsoever. 20 years older, meaning from another era, um, right. doing things very differently. And then, um, me asking that question in classes and them giving me that answer. Don't worry about it. Just do your thing and you'll see eventually it'll catch on. And it did. It was yes. pretty amazing when it started working, when, when he started seeing that I wasn't screaming, I didn't need to bribe, I didn't need to, did need to do rewards and punishment and things were getting done and things were much more harmonious and there was no more of those massive power struggles and stuff like that when he was still having those massive power struggles and nobody listening to him and things not getting done, slowly the boat started turning and slowly... <laughs> Right. It was in yeah. the, proof, the proof was in the pudding. I'm French. I love that expression. It's yes. not French. The proof was in the pudding. And that's what brought people. over. So that's number two. Number one, uh, ask, ask ahead and mm -hmm. see if you're on the same page. And if not, make a decision. Number two, you haven't talked about it and you're now discovering you're not on the same page. Don't worry about it. Just do your thing and things will get better over time because 
you will probably win people over to your cause and when they see what the impact it has. Um, number three, same as what I said before. Right. If it is intolerable, I'm going to put it like a, give a, a completely extreme example, which hopefully never happens. Right. But, right. um, you're doing the things the positive discipline way. You're doing things the democratic and respectful way. And they are actually hitting the kids. Right. Yeah. They're from they're from some other country where people are still doing that and they're belting their kids on the weekend with a belt, right? And you see the marks on Monday and you cannot stand it. It is too harsh for you. Then again, you have to make a decision. Right. Right. Yep. Because at the end of the day, you do have to keep in mind that you are um you do have a choice. <laughs> Exactly. That there are other jobs out there. And as much as, you know, you get attached to children and love them, but you do have a choice in where you are putting your time and energy. So, And then the one case we haven't talked about, I just Uh realized, is we haven't talked about when they are maybe not belting their children, but they're very authoritarian and uh-huh. very, or the opposite. Let's just take for the sake of argument, the opposite. They are hyper permissive, right? With their kids right. and anything goes. And then it's a disaster with you on Monday morning because they've, you know, those kids have been doing whatever they wanted all weekend. And they're like protesting. It's like, what do you mean? I can't watch TV in my PJs for three hours eating <laughs> ice cream. Right. So you might have the opposite problem. And then, um, and they're telling you, you know, and then the kids tell on you, tell right. on you, and they say, you know, they didn't let me watch TV and I couldn't eat ice cream and whatever. And the parents then scold you. Right. Um, then you, you need to have a difficult conversation. Right. You need to have outside of the moment, definitely not with the kids present. Talk about the fact that this is how you see, see things. Um, you're thinking that it's actually a pretty good idea. The way you see things seems like you're not in agreement with the way they see things. Could they please be okay with you doing things your way? Right. Letting you, allowing you to do things your way. So you can have the, the permission conversation. May I please, I have proof. Here's the book. Here's the literature. This is why I'm doing this. Would you be okay as long, you know, you, you explain to them, you're not punishing, you're not cruel, you're not blah, blah, blah. You're not harming the kids, right? So you right. can ask for permission and you either then get it or not. Then you can disobey or mm-hmm. not. That would have pretty high risk, I would assume, because the kids would tell on you. <laughs> right. And, um, or you, again, get to that decision where you have to make a choice. Right, right. And that goes into the next question uh, really well of if a parent doesn't back you up in front of their child. So they, and this can either be accidentally, um, and this has happened to me, uh, where I have said, you need to take three more bites of your dinner before you have a dessert because if you're not hungry enough to finish your dinner, then you're not hungry enough for a dessert, things like that. Um, And then the parent comes in and the kid says, can I have dessert? And they say yes without even thinking about that the kid has probably already asked me. Um, so that there's on on that hand of accidentally or the the parent knowingly refuses to back you up. Um, so let's start with accidentally, uh, <laughs> which usually for accidentally, I think just bringing it up is super helpful of saying, you know, if if when I'm here, I've probably already answered that question. Um, can you ask have you asked Martha or have you asked your nanny uh, before you ask or before you answer their question? Things like that are, I have found very helpful. 
Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the first kiss when it's accidental is probably fairly easy to deal with, which Mm -hmm. is you would, again, just depending on your relationship with your employer, but with the parents, but you would say, oh, I've already, whoops, I just told them they couldn't have dessert, you know, and then, so you just put it out there and then the parent would decide what they want to do, but, and then you'd have to make your next decision and next move. But you could also, if you're upset in the moment, say nothing in the moment Mm -hmm. and then um, privately then go talk to the parent later and say, you know, we have a little bit of an issue here every once in a while and say something and then you forget to ask me if I've said something before you tell your kid what they can or cannot do. Can Mm -hmm. we fix this? You know, so that again would assume a a reasonably good relationship with reasonably intelligent people. Um, If um, so that, that to me is probably not really, if it's accidental or really not a problem. And I would just address it in the way we've kind of discussed before, if needed with eye phrasing and with, you know, private conversation outside of the heat of the moment. If it's not accidental, So in other words, if you are dealing with somebody that is disrespectful, that is not, um, you know, emotionally intelligent, (laughs) I I don't know how else to put it. It's just not, then, then same as above, you still have to go through those same hoops of, of asking for a meeting, asking for conversation, having the difficult conversation with the, when this happens, then I feel because my need for is not met. Would you please willing to, um, you know, all of this. However, my fear is that you, if you're really dealing with somebody that really doesn't care, couldn't care less, and is not treating you well, then none of the above is really going to be that helpful. You know, right. I don't know that you're going to be able to change the character of somebody who just doesn't have very good character to start with. So that's going to be, again, difficult and then a matter of, of uh, decision-making. Yes, for sure. One of those decisions, by the way, say... Uh-huh. Say this family is otherwise lovely. It's really good pay. You absolutely love the kids. One of the choices could be, sorry, pardon my French, you can stuff it. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. I mean, you could then decide, you know what? It's one small area. It, it kind of like bites me a little bit every single time. I kind of like, here we go again. And then, um, and then just decide, okay, deep breath. This is not worth it. It's not worth the fight, the discussion, losing my job, leaving this family, whatever, right? Right. So that's that's a possibility as well. Yes, yes. But then you take responsibility for that choice, exactly. which I think is a step that uh, some nannies miss is if you have made that decision that you're going to uh, just deal with it, then you need to just deal with it. <laughs> Um, and, and letting, and finding an outlet for it, whether it's, you know, once a month you have, uh, time (laughs) with your nanny squad and you just complain, like, you can also get, go get completely drunk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, I do have an episode where I had a sommelier on, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, bad days it's called wine pairings and so I got like worse nanny days from different oh, nannies on the internet and then my friend who's a sommelier paired wines and drinks uh with those bad days so such you can... a brilliant idea see I wasn't that far off <laughs> you were not that, that far, far off. off um because sometimes wine <laughs> is helpful <laughs> not always but sometimes it can be for sure um, how about, um, I'm going to skip down a little bit, uh, 
if you can tell that your nanny family is not pleased with some aspect of your work, but they're not coming out, they're not doing the um, I statements and the we feel mm-hmm. statements, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. handling it in a very passive aggressive way. Um, how can you help navigate that conversation uh, especially when it's about something that you're doing that you're like, I can tell something's wrong with the way that I'm uh, making a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Cause every time I do it, there's, there's uproar, but I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So again, you know, the answer to every one of these questions is with a lot of courage. Yeah. So here you are dealing with people who are non-courageous themselves. Again, you know, the people that are, not treating you well, not very courageous, etc. But this is like a clear case of no of dis of not being very courage courageous because they they have a grudge and they are not um, able or willing to speak it right. right. And they're very often, again, those courageous, difficult conversations are not very many people are is, is, are able to have them. You know, right. it really takes a lot of training and to having heard this before and to having kind of learned and practiced. Not everybody has those guts, right? So I can totally see that happening a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the answer is with courage and, and respect and self-dignity, you know, to just, uh, again, in the beginning, just maybe start saying, hey, what's, can you, like, it looks like I'm doing something that's not right here and I really want to learn. So just be very matter of fact, calm about it. Not, we, we have this thing called the Q-tip. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, like for tip for cleaning your ear? <laughs> yeah, but not that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Q-tip as in, Q-tip as in quit taking it personally. Oh, yeah. So, so using the Q-tip met- method and really try to be, because probably it isn't, hopefully it isn't personal. If if it is, then it's another problem. But right. if it's a if it's not personal, it really is about what you're doing, not who you're being. Then you would want to address that, which is a problem, the needs of the situation, which is, you know, can I, I can see that I'm not doing it the way that you like it. So why don't you teach me so that I can learn and I can do it right? Because I just don't want to be irritating you all the time, yes. right? Yes. Just very simply, just saying that, just putting it out there on the table. So naming what you're sensing, what you're feeling. Taking responsibility, again, courageously, taking responsibility. I see I'm not doing something that I'm, I'm not pleasing you right now. I'm doing something that's not pleasing to you. I don't, I don't know what it is that I'm doing wrong or how I should be doing it. Please teach me. I want to do right. Right. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so that's, that's um, uh, step one. And then if it keeps happening, then going back to the big Oh, what's the word right so so the big like, guns the big yeah, guns which yeah. is then saying you know we need to have a meeting can we have a private meeting making the time calming down oh one thing i didn't say yet great idea before you get into those difficult conversations to practice then when something happens i feel because my need for would you be willing great idea to write all this down beforehand there's yes. nothing like journaling and practicing and writing to really organize your thought practice the words because it is so hard and so difficult to say these things so anyway i forgot to say that earlier yeah but and potentially practicing with 
other nanny friends that uh, you have. Great, great idea. In front of a mirror with a friend even better, right? So that they could play devil's advocate a little bit. And that would be fantastic, right? Yeah. And so you would do that in this case. You would have asked for a meeting at a calm time, practice your what you're about to say, and then say, you know, I'm really, really not happy. I, I feel like I'm really not doing what you need me to do. And uh, it's not helping anybody here. I... I'm here many hours every day. I'm taking care of your children. I want to do right by you. So it's right. really the same as what I said before, but you would make it more formal and in a more formal setting. And um, and then they, one of two things, you either really emboldened and empower the person to actually finally speak out and say the bottom of their mind, and then that's going to solve the issue, hopefully, eventually, or... Um, or it is something then personal. So they right. can't really pinpoint what it is, but there's something about you that irritates them. And then in that case, again, you're back to choice right. and decision-making. And if you would like to know, uh, there's a, f a funny look at the parent side of this dilemma in Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. She talks about how she really didn't like how her nanny was cutting her children's fingernails, uh, but she didn't have the courage to just tell them. And so there is a chapter about nannies and bossy pants that is very well done and funny uh, if you want a little lighthearted look at it. Um, sounds neat. Yeah, it's a, it's a good book all around. But that particular chapter, I appreciated Tina Fey admitting her cowardice yeah. um, in that way. Um, and then finally, uh, what if you hear something that you weren't supposed to hear or read something that you weren't supposed to read. And it was, you know, an accident. Definitely don't go looking through their papers or anything like that. But, um, I remember one time on one of the nanny groups, there was like a, a journal or a, a parent had written something to another parent and it was laid on top of her communication book by accident. And so she ended up reading it cause she thought it was for her. Uh, and it was about how poorly she was doing. So if you hear something that you weren't supposed to hear or uh, see something that you weren't supposed to see with um, with the parents talking about you in a negative way, how can you handle that? Well, I think it's really exactly the same as what we talked right. about a moment ago. The only, the only thing is that you <clears> – <throat> I would imagine that if somebody felt like that – felt that you weren't doing a great job they're really upset with you for something or that they are ongoingly upset with you about something that you would sense it right that, that, you, that irritation that you were describing a moment ago in the first case scenario you, you would you would kind of get a hunch so hopefully that would not come at this as a total surprise you would have felt it so therefore you could just ignore you could just ignore that you have found anything and you could address it the same way that we just discussed which right. is you would you know say something in passing or you would actually ask for formal conversation say you know i'm sensing that there's something that really isn't you know and so you'd have to be very strong there right and if they if you know this could totally happen where somebody would say well did you see something did you read anything did you you know and then you'd have to see if you want to lie in that moment and say well yes i did see that communication that you had left on top of my notebook or whatever you know then, right. then again it's a matter of discern discernment in that moment as to what the best strategy is um right. but let's let's pass that and so you could go about it that way there could be a case where you have absolutely sensed nothing 
Mm-hmm. And and that person is actually really not giving you any vibes. And then you read this. So then it's that you don't then I think what I would do is I would ask for a review. You know, hopefully you have in the contract um a regular review with your right. boss. I don't know. Do you do you guys have that in the in those nanny contracts? We do encourage that. It it might not necessarily be in every contract, but if it's not in your contract, I don't think that it would be out of line to say I I'm feeling the need for a a review, a bi yearly review, a yearly review, however often. Right. So, so in the case that we're just talking about, which is you have gotten absolutely zero vibes, you've been there, I don't know, say three months, four months, right? and you see this, then I would just say nothing. Mm-hmm. I would just be super attentive, very careful about what I'm doing, really trying to, you know, live by my contract, do the best I can, maybe do, go above and beyond to not risk anything. And then like a few weeks later, say, you know, I'm coming on to six months, I'm wondering, uh, I, I like to do this. Would it be okay to have like a bi yearly um, mid year review? I haven't been here that long. Um, you know, would really like to hear how you feel I'm doing and then kind of probing during that meeting a little bit. So that's right. what I would do is I would, if, if there's been absolutely zero signs and you can't start the conversation by saying, I'm sensing there's like some, um, some um, problems you know, or problems and some issues going on, uh, then you could do it that way, which is wait a little bit, do your right. best in the meantime, be become more observant and attuned and ask for a review at some point later. Great. Great. I, I think that's all such great advice. Um, if you are listening to this and uh, micromanaging parents are something that you're dealing with, we do have an episode all about micromanaging parents. So go listen to that. I think it's in the 40s. Um, I will probably put a link to that sometime this week on the Facebook because um, that is a very good episode that, that talks a lot about the same ideas, but specifically with micromanaging parents. Because they are their own breed. Mm. Um, so yeah, well, great. Is there is there anything else you mentioned uh, for resources? That difficult conversations book is a good one. Yeah, it's called Difficult Conversations: How to Discuss What Matters Most by Douglas Stone. Oh yes, and Bruce Patton. So we can I can send that to you um, so that you can put it in the resources. Great. Um, but I think that's very useful. And then another resource that I want to point out, which I think is, um, so important for anybody to know about is, um, something called nonviolent communication. I don't know Mm. if you've ever heard about that, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's NVC, nonviolent communication. So this man called Marshall Rosen, Mr. Late Marshall Rosenberg, unfortunately, um, was who passed away not very long ago. Oh, yes. uh, created this movement, this this idea, if you will, called NVC, nonviolent communication, and he came to realize that all conflicts always happened because of difficulty of communication between people, right. and that the way to solve the world and to have peace in the world, in other words, in community, in in countries, between countries, in in, in um, in communities and families in couples, right. Would be mm-hmm. in the employ in, in the employment uh, realm would be to have nonviolent communication. And how do you do that? And so his life's work is to 
describe nonviolent communication and how to do it and write, read books about that. He traveled all over the world. He was invited to lead talks between the North and the South Koreans many years ago. Oh, wow. He was, he was leading talks between Palestinians and Israelis. Um, and, uh, you know, he was really at, at a very high level and doing absolutely incredible work. So his website is cnvc.org so center for nonviolent communication.org and on it is a wealth of information about everything we've kind of what we've talked this when i feel then when something happens then i feel because my need for is the met would you be willing that's directly from nonviolent communication wonderful um, and you can find a wealth of information, including all his books and articles and groups to join on how to learn this uh, on his website, cnvc.org. Wonderful. Yes. I love that. And then there's always my website. If yes. coaching out there because they have challenges like, you know, challenges with your employer, challenges of communication or, or not knowing whether to stay or to go, you know, every, every step of the way we said at some point, ultimately you have to make a choice. So sometimes that's hard. Uh-huh. making that decision or, you know, I'm afraid, I'm petrified to go find a new job. And I don't know if I can, I'm old or I'm young or I haven't, been, you know, how do I explain that I've only been in this job for two months kind of thing. Uh, that's what I do. And so that my website is www.thechallengecoach.com. Wonderful. Yes. And Pascal is such a wonderful resource. So, uh, if, if you are feeling like, oh, maybe I need her, you do. You should reach out. <laughs> She's great. Hey, let me tell you one thing. Since we're talking about this, I, yes. I, don't, I really don't usually sell because I'm busy enough. I don't need to be selling. But I, I do offer, and I think that's, that's a valuable resource, a free – I don't think I've ever said that before. That's really silly of me. <laughs> should have said this before. I offer a free – a sample session, a 30-minute free sample, coaching sample session. A lot of people don't know what coaching is, how it right. works, what it does. You can get an enormous amount of value in, uh, in 30 minutes. And the way, the reason why I'm doing this, it, you know, a, an hour of coaching is $150. So half an hour is, is a lot of money to right. give away for free. But that's my, that's the way that I get, that we get, that we coaches get the word out about coaching because coaching is such a recent new profession that people don't know about. And so, um, you know, everybody that comes and does a half an hour with me, whether they hire me or not, doesn't really matter. What matters is they now know what coaching is and they become a, a spokesperson for coaching out there in the world. So that's, that's the idea. And Wonderful. you can schedule free sample sessions on my website directly in the, under uh, booking the book now tab. Great. That is, thank you for sharing that. Um, that's such a great resource. Um, wonderful. Well, is there is there anything else? Did we leave anything out? <laughs> you know, I, I the only thing that comes up for me just now as you're asking is uh-huh. um, humor. Humor. Yes. Life is a lot better when treaded when we tread lightly. You know, and so yes. I think that we're, a thing that really we haven't talked about tonight, but that really helps diffuse hard situations is just trying to use humor and, and, uh, be light. And I'm, I'm trying to think of, of a normal family in a normal situation where parents come home, they're tired. They've been kind of abusing the situation a little bit, not really wanting to, but because it was easy and they're swamped at work, they have their own difficult lives. They're struggling, they're juggling, you know? And so if in that moment, and if the, if it can, you can find the right tone of just, just making everybody laugh and, and being silly, it can probably diffuse any difficult atmosphere. Yes, that's such a wonderful point, Um, which we end each episode with uh, a cute 
or uplifting or funny story. And uh, Nikki Andre from The Nannyhood, she uh, shared one that I'm going to share now. So she said to – Nikki said to her uh, – three-year-old nanny kid i love you so much i just want to hug you until you fall apart and her her nanny kid said well i have very strong bones my mommy and daddy built me i was in mommy's tummy for three whole days and then i was a big girl (laughs) (laughs) which is so cute um and i i really appreciated that story I love that. So yeah. I want to, I want to give you two quotes on courage that are my favorite quotes. And, and yeah. if anybody does go to go see my website, they'll see I'm cheating because I'm taking them off my website. <laughs> but one of them is um, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage, oh, which is by yeah. An- Anais Nin. And so it really, because we talked about courage all the time tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And so really is important that, you know, your life, everything about your life will expand or shrink in proportion to the courage that you exhibit. And so actually being courageous is giving a gift to other people as well, because you're modeling courage to the kids that you're working with, to your employers, etc. And then the other one on courage is it takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. Oh, yes. Uh, so that's, and that's E.E. E. Cummings. And that's the same thing. It's just saying that, you know, um, it, we might not know that we can really do this and stand up to our employers and speak up and, and be the voice, the courageous voice. And so it takes courage to do that. And, and then we become who we really are. And so that's, I find that pretty uh, powerful. Yes. And helpful. That is. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate Mm. it. Mm. And thank you for being here tonight. This was wonderful. I Thanks feel for having me empowered. <laughs> awesome. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.